rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing and abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for great generosity which through us will produce thanksgiving unto God. Peace be to you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be to you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said, And as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those that who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and selfish, but be merciful even as your Father 
is merciful. Good morning. Imagine, if you will, a day at the beach. Imagine being at the beach, taking in the warm summer sun. Suddenly, imagine something, something awful happening as you look across the seascape. Try to imagine someone in the water beginning to drown. Now imagine that a lifeguard with a life preserver swims up to the person drowning. Now imagine that lifeguard doesn't give the drowning person a life preserver, but instead begins to push the person further underwater. Thankfully, this, of course, is just imaginary, but I am telling it to make a point. In today's gospel lesson, we read about one of the most difficult sayings of Jesus, to love your enemies. Certainly, people in the first century, heard this saying, when they heard this saying, they must have hesitated at these words. How can I love my enemy? They may have thought, how could I love the Romans, who were overlords of my country, how could I love those pagans, those unbelievers who, who defiled the temple in Jerusalem? How could I love people who were a part of such, a, such large and sometimes ruthless dictatorship? How can I possibly love them? Certainly we too, certainly we too in 21st century America have problems with this same saying. We might hesitate at the thought of loving our enemies, in fact, instead of loving our enemies, we often do the opposite. We want to return evil for evil on those who sin against us. We want to see something bad happen to them instead of seeing them repent and change for the good. We don't love and forgive, but resent. We might be happy when something bad happens to that person who sins against us. However, we often do the exact opposite of what God has asked us to do, and we add evil upon evil. We often push down the person who is already drowning. One of the most amazing people in the Orthodox Church in the 20th century, St. John of Cronstadt, wrote on the subject. St. John of Cronstadt died in 1909 and was proclaimed a saint in 1990 as communism began to fall in Russia. And about 40 years ago, our own Father Anthony Conaris reminded us what St. John, John of Cronstadt wrote about forgiveness. St. John of Cronstadt wrote the following about how we should react to someone who sins against us. 
And Father Anthony had reminded us to consider his words. St. John of Constant wrote, Every person that does any evil, that gratifies any passion, is sufficiently punished by the evil he has committed by the passions he serves, but chiefly by the fact that he withdraws himself from God, and God withdraws himself from him. It would therefore be insane and most inhuman to nourish anger against such a man. It would be the same as to drown a sinking man or push into the fire a person who is already being devoured by the flame. To such a man as to one in danger of perishing, we must show double love and pray fervently to God for him, not judging him, not rejoicing at his misfortune. For my sake, says Jesus, but for their sakes too, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. Unquote. So St. John of Cronstadt in the early 20th century urged us to show double love to the person who sins against us, to show double love to our enemies, not to push the person further underwater, but to offer that person the life preserver of our love and forgiveness. God calls us to a higher, more dignified lifestyle than those of non-believers. In today's gospel lesson, Christ says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Imagine the early Christians who heard this gospel reading. They must have thought, what about the Romans? Are we to love them? Time, but time and time again in the New Testament, the early Christians were urged not to rebel, rebel against their government and cause turmoil, but rather to live in peace, even with the Romans. Remember, Christ himself said as he hung on the cross, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Listen to this inspiring and recent story of forgiveness. Pascali Kavanaugh of Bedminster, New Jersey, was verbally, emotionally, and sometimes physically abused by her mother. Although it should be noted that the church does not give license, does, sorry, excuse me, the church does give license to remove ourselves from abusive situations keep that in mind. The, the story, this story is particularly inspiring. Pascali Kavanaugh was constantly cut down, called names, and sometimes hit by her mother. This continued throughout her life. But what did she do? When Pascali Kavanaugh's mother suffered a series of strokes, her mother was left paralyzed and unable to speak. Pascali said, at first, I was angry. I felt that she had left a mess that I had to take care of, says Pascali. But as the months went by, her fury at her mother, who was now in such a vulnerable state, slowly dissipated. Finally, one day, 
and exhausted Pascali suddenly laid her head down in her mother's lap, and the hatred went away. It was just gone, she says. For the first time, I stopped condemning her, and that gave me peace. Forgiving her mother also helped Pascali, who now owns a personal health and wellness consulting firm. She also let go of other resentments, such as a rift with her ex-husband, with whom she split in 2007. Pascali said, I've become less interested in holding on to all forms of bitterness. Pascali's mother remains in a vegetative state, but Pascali still visits her at the nursing home every week. We all know that forgiveness to this degree is hard, but it is not impossible. God never asks us to do what we cannot do. As Christians, we are called to a higher mode of life, a more dignified style of life, a more mature and controlled emotional state, a more beautiful mode of life, a more embracing forgiveness, a deeper love. God offers us his help to walk in this higher path of life. Thus, let us hike up this higher path of life. When we see someone drowning in his or her sins and nastiness, let us offer them the life preserver of love and forgiveness. Let us offer the double love our Lord offers to us every moment of our lives. Amen.